Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, this is a bonus episode where the Homebrew Hombres do a product review. And in this one, we are reviewing the book Strongholds and Followers by Matthew Coville. This book came out a while ago, so this is a pretty late review, but I feel like it's an, it's an important one because this book was very... I would say methodical. It is well thought out. It's well thought out, and it's worth considering, especially if you're somebody who just likes having RPG books. You've got a lot of RPG books you'll never use. You'll probably reference this a few times. Oh, in even just taking stuff straight out of the book or using it as a framework to build what you need to do. I think this book does something that a lot of supplemental books don't do. Agreed. Well, let's actually, let's give the book a little bit of a... Context? Context, yes. So the book Strongholds and Followers was an effort by Matthew Coville. It, It came out on Kickstarter. It raised an enormous amount of money with his pitch where he said... I'm going to create a book that allows you to create your own physical structures, your strongholds, and recruit followers. It's primarily focused around Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition, but you can apply the concepts outside of that RPG specifically, which is why I wanted to look at it, because we could easily in our system adapt most of it. And I I even think the influence in uh, in Leyliners is not minor. There's a very specific stronghold that uh, they can get into that. And we'll get, yeah. we'll get into that in a second. But because he exceeded all of his Kickstarter goals, he was able to get artists and make a full little adventure that happens near the end of the book that would get the players a couple of levels in Dungeons & Dragons using the, the kind of locations that he evangelizes in the Strongholds and Followers book. Even before that, actually. Sure. I think one of the first things I want to talk about is the introduction the book i really think even though that's it's it's not the me of the book it's not what you would get it for the introduction does such a good job of telling you why this individual took on this project why they feel connected to role-playing games and what their expectations and joy is and i think it does a really good job of encapsulating the point of view in which the whole tome is written and a big part of that i think is a sense of gratitude Oh, and which, joy. Which comes from the fact that the Kickstarter, the uh, I think it was a couple million. Let me let me check here. Really? Yeah. Hold, hold on. I'll, I'll look it up so we can say the right thing. You killed it, bro. He ended up raising over $2 million Fuck. for this book on Kickstarter, which allowed him to hire a staff where he was able to create a company called MCDM, which is Matthew Covell, Dungeon Master Productions. Mm-hmm. Now he's got a YouTube channel where he GMs a very well-produced game and, and that kind of thing. And, and all that, I think, is a component of how reading this book feels. Because the language of this book all the way through is clearly his voice. It's very personable to its benefit and detriment. We'll get into that. I will talk about that. I have That's, <laughs> that is a, that is, that that's is a stickler for me, but all right. But it's important in the context of that that you understand the concept of this book raised enough money to create a company that will continue and continue to make more products for people like us and yeah. and you listening. 
let's ask the first question here. I think is is it practical? Do you want this book? And I feel like there's there's a there's a couple questions you need to ask yourself. And it isn't a blanket yes or no. Absolutely or not, because you need to ask yourselves that is it ever practical in the campaigns that you play to build a stronghold for your group? And often in most of the campaigns I've played, the answer is no. I would agree with that. When you're not returning to a fixed location, when you're exiles separate from the world sky pirates yeah do yeah. not build a stronghold well there is a boat stronghold that they have yeah that that could be even a sky then, pirate. yeah yeah but is it practical so think about that real hard before you buy this book i don't think this book even then if the answer is no the book's not a bad purchase and we'll yeah. get into that but um if you're not going to use its rules and you're not going to use it for inspiration to build a stronghold for your campaign maybe it's not worth your time also, that's in the name, and you can't fault this book for that. Yeah. Also, if you as a GM do not want to manage NPC followers, which is a perfectly valid line to draw as yeah. a GM, this book is not for you. Who is this book for, though? This book is for the group who wants to make a portion, like a, a corner of the game setting, their very own, with their own NPCs, their own headquarters to improve over time over the course of the campaign to make them feel like they have a home to return to. Yeah, and also I, I, I do want to stress there are mechanical differences for specific characters based on specific strongholds that are not negligible, that are, that are advantageous. So for instance, your standard keep is for like your warrior, martial mm -hmm. types, that kind of thing. But there is an arcane sanctum basically for people who want to research and develop new spells, new spells that are not in the game you're playing. And what I liked about that is that he lays down tables for how to create new spells and how they'll work and your chance for failure, your chance of creating wholly new, unique spells. Amazing framework. Yeah, and spell research and invention in the book is explained first by the gameplay problems that it causes, which is great. Like yeah. that is That is a great framework for... Here's the problems that this can cause, so let's think about it in that sense. Yes. He he did not put the cart before the horse when thinking about this situation. Back to a broader picture of the book. What I like is that there's lots of reminders constantly throughout the book about, at any point, ask your GM if you can do the thing in the book, and reminding the GM that they're free to alter the rules at their discretion. Now, this is not just a rule zero scenario where the GM can alter whatever they want. This is literally saying, please remind them of the problems that this could create and allow them to, to change the rules specific to your campaign. Or even allow for just development, innovation, and in the tables, in the rules descriptions. I mean, I wouldn't say strict, but they're, they're laid out firmly. And then there's always a caveat of, hey, also, if this doesn't work, or if this is too much or too little, none of this is written in stone. I'm giving you a framework for fun. And that is the goal of this. A big part of that is thinking of it through a GM lens. So he does a, a good job of reminding the GM that building a stronghold isn't always the goal. Sometimes the players could liberate a stronghold from somebody, and they don't get the benefit of the stronghold until they've it's finished, liberated it. Yeah. yeah. But that's a plot hook all on its own. And it invests you in the story that you're in, in the place that you're in, which actually was one of my favorite hooks of, of the early one was the idea of you know, finding a keep or or a place, or building a uh, a a place in an existing city and a place that already existed, mm. and it having history. 
it just seems so much more interesting than building it in a in a flat gray plain area and then doing whatever. The idea that you would be taking over a business or uh, finding a keep or having a lord grant you something that you'd have to with a couple inbuilt yeah. NPCs to start off as yes. followers. Yeah. Now I want to talk a little bit about how the two million dollar Kickstarter goal may have created some unnecessary problems for this book. All right. But problems and benefits. So. The main problem is I feel like a lot of the conversational language in the book is put in there to increase its length. I don't think that's unfair. There's a lot of over-explanation and re-explanation and friendly little jokes and asides that if you're treating it as the reference document that it is presenting itself as, kind of muddy the waters. It, It should feel like a lot of these rules shouldn't have a lot of flavor put on them because it makes it harder for you to find the information that you're looking for. Yeah, well, the whole thing is I think... If we're going to talk about negatives, my main negative of this um, text is that there's three things going on mm. in in any conversation, and it's the flavor explanation, the the in universe diegetic. This is how it works, nuts and bolts, story wise. How do you explain it? And and kind of there's a little bit of of grandiose and flared language for it. Then there is a mechanics explanation, and then there is a sort of meta layer of here's what your players can expect so it's it's from as a person who exists in the universe as a player at the table who exists for mechanics and as someone who understands that the game is a game and the transition between those three modes isn't always smooth sometimes it's jarring and i i like all the content there i feel like it could have been organized better yeah and it's hard to it's hard to represent this without you actually having the book in front of you yeah there there's there's a lot of moments where ideas about rules are presented with a lot of fluff Mm -hmm. just to how it feels pad the length and that just makes it harder to find within the fluff exactly the mechanical point where is that fluff most appropriate in the book? In the adventure. Oh. Now, it is both appropriate and inappropriate in the adventure. because So part of the Kickstarter goals that they blew out of the water was to create a full one-shot adventure in the book. And there's a bulleted list of breakdowns, basically, of people's relationships with each other and who knows who and why. And there is too much conversational language with the reader about how these people know each other. When, as a GM, you're going to be referencing those in a quick fashion when you actually come to to play the adventure. Now, where this is not inappropriate is when you get a map of an area that the adventurers are in, and there's a breakdown, like room C3. Yeah. And then you read the description of the room, and there's conversational language about how the room looks. Every time that tone was the same as as in the previous section, it was perfectly appropriate. It, It added tons of flavor to any given room, even if the room was empty. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. But where does that $2 million really affect my enjoyment in a positive light? The artwork. Oh my God! The this artwork. might be the more, maybe even more than the mechanics. So listen, this is a hardcover book, the size and length of most players' hand guides. Yes, of of systems, which are fifty, sixty dollars. This book is thirty dollars with better artwork than any of those. Like uh, unbelievably good artwork and evocative artwork. Artwork that seems more to function than just. Sometimes there there seems to be especially in the player's handbook, like filler artwork, or there's a story that you're not really being let in on that's happening between the character classes. This one has almost architectural breakdowns, especially the mage's tower, the layers that you can add upon it. The artwork alone can give you half as many ideas as the actual mechanics. It's just very well made, very, very well put together. Oh, something we haven't mentioned at this point is that there's a whole section of new monsters oh, yeah. at the back of the book. Each kind of monster or type, I think you'd call it. For instance, there's angels, there's gem dragons, and that, it's very specific, unique monster types that he came up with for this book. Each get their own dedicated artist. Yeah. And it's perfect. It is so good. It You would have paid more for an art book for Dungeons & Dragons than you'll pay for this book that has way more than just art. But that does speak towards Matt Coville's expertise, working as a publisher for tons of RPGs in the past. He did art direction, hired artists to produce art for books. He already knows these people. Yeah. And he must have called in every favor he had because it is gorgeous. I mean, absolutely beautiful book. It's worth it, honestly, just for the art. <laughs> I, and that, that's something I would never say about a book that's supposed to have mechanics. Yeah, the artwork is an incredible strong point. Another criticism I have, though, is that I got to say, when it comes to the mechanics of recruiting followers and upgrading your stronghold, it all seems very overcomplicated, but still vague. Like, I don't feel like there's enough direction. There's there's a lot of tables in here that I feel like don't lead the player towards an intuitive answer. I mean, I have mixed feelings on that because I never felt like this book was trying to give you the same kind of rules fidelity of, of something like a player's handbook. I, when reading it, felt the entire time that this is a framework, this is a, a, a sandbox for you to play with. And this is more along the lines to guide you into the specific solutions. Like, this this doesn't feel like this belongs in the hands of a player. This is a GM's book. But it constantly references the player as, talk to your GM about this if this is something you want to do. To be used as reference by the player to plan towards something. I, I, and I feel I, I like that's, that's, a, that's a problem with its yes. focus. It, this, this is a book for, I, in my opinion, for GMs to give... Uh, options or adventure storylines or to create characters to be introduced to your players and they don't the idea of recruiting a follower is weird the idea that someone shows up in your life and becomes attached to you seems much more natural the idea that you decide that you want to have uh, a place built for you and you get to design it but you still have to interact with masons and, Mm -hmm. and carpenters the idea that that information would be at your fingertips without going through the gm seems backwards to me agreed but this also leads into my biggest criticism of this book 
the total lack of any management tools within the book to copy and print. Oof. Because you're you're adding several layers of complexity from the building of the of the tower to the to the followers you have to what stage of arcane progression that your spell creation is is going through. That's definitely not on your character sheet. There are no tools in the book to help you with this process. You can create your own, and I'm sure you can. But the things that I felt were vague about how this is supposed to progress would be 100% illuminated by a one page worksheet that was to help me track it. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is a doesn't invalidate the book, but in my opinion, is its biggest failing because at the table, the only thing that keeps this book from being actionable is a worksheet that goes along with it. Something that you can print out, hand to your group if they want to do it, and you hand it to the player who wants to manage and keep track of that kind of thing has the tools to do so in a language that the GM can reference because they also have access to the book. That is its biggest failing, in my opinion, by far, which sounds like I. I don't like the book because of it, but it's not true. I can create my own tools yeah. for that. I mean, we create them for RPG from scratch all the time, but... It is an added la- layer of difficulty. I, I, f- I feel like it's, it's a huge miss. It's so much so that if... It, Matt Coville, if you're listening, I recommend releasing those pages as like a free PDF with uh, the sale of this book. If you have one of your amazing designers who did the layout of the book, which is... It's gorgeous again, and impeccable. It's a gorgeous book. It is gorgeous. It's well thought out, uh, well well presented, if you have a layout editor and a graphic designer willing to go head-to-head to work on some kind of tool to be supplemental to this book, you're going to have a home run. Until then, I do feel like this book is a little incomplete if you want it to succeed from a purely mechanical standpoint. Yeah. No, I agree with that. With that being said, this book is $30. And totally worth it. Oh my goodness. It feels like a $60 book. And looks even more than that. Even if you only get it for a, a single campaign. Oh, by the way, $30... In hardcover form. Yes. $20 PDF. But the amount of value that this can add to a single campaign is amazing. You could you could build a whole campaign around this concept if you're really going for it. Now, speaking of campaigns, let's talk about the adventure. Yes. I loved it. I thought it was okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I the, reason, the reason I loved it, despite the fact that the relationships between characters was made more complicated to reference because of the way it was written, was that the problem was well understood. Each individual character was well written enough so that all the power is in the GM's hands to reinterpret moment to moment so that if the players decide to do something that's not written down, it didn't feel like the GM is locked down to that because the GM has perfect understanding of who the NPCs are and what their motivations are. And it could go any way without the GM flinching. Yeah, and I get it. I get it. It's straightforward. I get it. It's... Very straightforward. It's... I, I mean, I guess I don't even know what I wanted from... Maybe I wanted something a little more complex, something a little more intrigue-laden, especially because it only seems to cover a certain type of the strongholds covered in yeah. mm-hmm. in the book. I don't have a problem with this adventure, but if you had a second adventure where you made a spycraft station that was a, also a tavern... Sure added on to it that would have done a lot for me because that was the stronghold that when i read through it i was like yes this is the thing that i want to build i don't want to build a keep in the middle of a forest i want to own an information gathering system like i want to be the leader of us of a spycraft network it's interesting you say that because the um in one of matthew colville's older videos he brings up the fact that in the olden in the olden days back when back in my day when we played mm-hmm. dungeons and dragons second edition 
sometimes you would buy a module with an adventure, but you didn't care about the adventure because this adventure came with a full town full of NPCs. So you would buy the adventure just to get the town with the NPCs to have some place for the uh, players to return to that you could constantly reference without having had to do all that work, which Mm -hmm. is, by the way, an enormous amount of work. It is a crazy amount of work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's worth it. Now, this adventure does that twice over. You get a small town, but a very good one. A very well-expressed town that the GM will feel very comfortable with the PCs returning to without feeling like... Who's this guy? Or I have to make a guy? Uh, I don't know. There's an answer for most things in that town. And it's well understood, and the power dynamic in that town is well understood. And a keep that even if you... By the way, in in this adventure, you can choose not to gain control of the keep. And if you don't, somebody else can. And if they do, you also understand that dynamic. So if you, as a GM, buy this, if you are playing in a setting that can allow for the kind of not evil but chaotic orc versus a nearby human stronghold dynamic, you're going to get two locations that the players can return to constantly with characters that you as a GM understand that you can reuse until the end of the campaign. And and then I also think even for homebrewers or people who are looking to go more off book, you have a framework to work from that's mechanically sound but flexible. Mm-hmm. And that's also incredibly important. Like this could be a thing that you put on your shelf that you maybe use once a year, but over the course of four years, it becomes incredibly worthwhile. I think all of your players will look through it. Oh, you can't not. It's gorgeous. Yeah, it, well, but but also if not just for the art of being like, let's what do what do fighters get? Yeah. If I if I build a stronghold, is it worth it for me? Well, maybe not in our campaign, but our mage would use this, you know, this arcane sanctum or mage's tower, I think they call it in the book. Yes. Or you would be like, "Hey, I want to play a game where we run a fiefdom. I want to do that. Mm-hmm. That sounds fun. That sounds different than our murder hobo, you know, usual fare. It would be fun to run a different campaign doing something else." Mm-hmm. And in my experience, if you're a GM who struggles with the fact that your players are always murder hobos, giving them a home matters. Yeah. It takes away the hobo part pretty quickly, which also changes the context of the murder part. Yes. So I don't know. I feel like this is a, so despite our criticisms, which I, which I do feel like, Hey, Matt Coville, if you're listening, fix these next book or just do stuff about it. Yeah. Yeah, Like this is a fine product. Despite our criticisms, would you say that this is an easy recommend? This is an easy recommend. Absolutely. I 100% agree. This is well worth your $30. I have bought more expensive books that have given me less without far, any question. Far less. And I would have spent 30 bucks just on the art. I would have spent 30 bucks on the first two chapters. Yep. Let alone the adventures, let alone the, the extra adversaries and monsters. There's a lot here. And, and so, yeah, sometimes you have to parse through it. Sometimes the language can be a little messy. Sometimes you could feel like the rules are too vague, but there's still a lot of meat on these bones, especially in the hands of a GM. There's a lot you can do with this. Yeah. And and I think there's no way that now his company hasn't learned a lot from the production of this. Oh, no. And I really look forward to what they make next. I'm excited. So thank you, everybody, for listening. If you like this kind of thing, if you want more reviews, we have received more books for review that we're going to go over. If you have anything specific that you want to review, odds are we all like the same stuff. So shoot us a tweet at Homebrew Hombres. Let us know if there's something coming up that you want us to pay attention to, because if we haven't heard it and you're into it, odds are we're into it. So thank you, everybody, for listening. And until next time, stay safe, stand watch, and get a full rest. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 